stop what you're doing for just a minute and give me a few moments of your day. So, so stop the scrolling and hang on here because I've got something I want to share with you that's, that's pretty important. And that is for the Christian, sacrificing liberties for the sake of others brings greater joy than savoring those rights for yourself. Giving up something that I might enjoy so that others will have more of Jesus in the long run is gonna bring me more joy than that right that I gave up. This is what we've been talking about over the last few days here on Day by Day, where we're going to continue to see this principle. Laying down your liberties requires sacrifice. Liberty means that you have the biblical freedom to enjoy or receive something without it being sin. But you're going to give up that liberty for the sake of others. In order to make this point, Paul travels down a long road. So let's see the, the path that Paul is blazing for us. And the first thing that Paul does in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is prove his apostleship. And then he gives us some of the rights that come along with apostleship. So in order to use himself as an example of one who has laid down liberties, he's going to use a freedom, a liberty to which apostles have a right. So Paul says, am I not free? Paul is referring to his freedom as an apostle not to have to work outside of his role as an apostle. In other words, as an apostle, he has the right to enjoy payment from the church that would allow him to focus on his calling as an apostle. So you remember in the book of Acts chapter 6 where some of this stuff was getting fleshed out. There were a group of widows who were being neglected in the church. They were being overlooked, not intentionally, but it was happening. And so the apostles gather up the church and they say, it's not right that we should serve tables, we, that we should serve the widows in this way. Now, there was nothing wrong with the work. It wasn't beneath the apostles. It's just not what God had called them to do. They were called to be allowed by the church to focus on preaching and prayer. So Paul says, am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen the Lord Jesus, which was one of the qualifications for being an apostle? Another proof of Paul's apostleship was the church at Corinth herself. Paul, as an apostle of Christ, planted the church and saw fruit grow out of that church. Those were the credentials of his apostleship. Well, in chapter 9, verse 3, Paul moves to explain his rights to receive support since he was an apostle. He says, do we not have the right to eat and drink? So Paul is linking up his argument of the right to eat and drink with the Corinthians argument of the right to eat and drink back in chapter 8, verse 9. With Paul saying this, he's saying that he has the right to be supported by the church financially. He has the right to make a living. He says, do we not have the right to bring along a believing wife? So Paul takes the argument a step further by saying what must have been common practice among the churches. And that was the right for an apostle to be married and receive enough financial support so that a family could be taken care of. So here's Paul's defense. As apostles, we have the right to be financially supported, even to be supported enough to bring along our wives if we have a wife. Or is this the rule for all the other apostles except for me and Barnabas? As if that wasn't enough. 
Paul continues with a few more real-world examples as seen in every day like soldiers and planters and shepherds that they enjoy what they are working for there. What's the normal, natural sphere of life that we see? Well, that also applies to the spiritual world. And then Paul moves to biblical examples. So in verse 8, he talks about what is seen in the law, what's seen in the temple in verse 13, and what's seen in Jesus's words in verse 14. So just a little side note here. It is good and right and biblical and natural and necessary for a church to pay her ministers and to pay them well to afford them what they need so that they are free to do the work the church has called them to do and to which they have agreed to do. There's no getting around that. That's the responsibility of the church to provide that freedom for her pastors. The point of paying a pastor well is not so that the church can brag on herself by saying, you see where our pastor lives and you see what kind of car he drives. The point of paying your pastors well is so that they won't have that aspect of their lives to worry about. There are some churches that think it's good to keep their pastors and staff hungry, literally. They think that if they paid their staff members more, then it might make their staff members lazy or greedy. And that's shameful. A church should take joy in its generous support of her pastors. And we're going to see that this is a right that Paul is willing to sacrifice for the sake of others. Today as you pray, Please pray for Sean Pasley and his family, our missionaries in France. And also remember the Enzima Life Word broadcast that's heard in Ghana and the Ivory Coast.